Welcome to the Creative Cantina Podcast, where we believe you can't grow a business you love around a lifestyle you hate. I'm your host and business coach, Cassie Schmidt. I spent years missing out on life in my pursuit of arbitrary definitions of success. After a massive wake-up call in 2015, my mission became clear. I'm here to help creative entrepreneurs refocus on what truly matters to them and find a way to achieve it sustainably. Running a business doesn't have to be synonymous with burnout, and believe it or not, it is possible to grow your income and impact without giving up everything you love. So cheers to mixing up new ideas with a splash of strategic action and a little room for you to add your own creative twist. For as long as I can remember, I grew up going to church with my family. And as a kid, I spent most of my days in church playing with my dad's electronic Bible because the messages went completely over my head. But when we finally moved to a church that had a kid's church or kid's like room during the adult message, I loved it. And there were lessons for sure. I don't remember them exactly. What I do remember about that room was that there was a tiki hut and you could earn prizes and we played games and I loved it. Shocker, right? Tiki hut theme, creative cantina. Some things never change. But I remember that when I was like nine or 10, it was the first opportunity I got to go to church camp and I loved church camp. They made me try tofu at church camp, which I was not a big fan of, but otherwise I love church camp. And that is where I feel like I finally came to know Jesus past what I had been taught through these stories and these lessons during Bible school, basically. And we were doing a praise and worship night. And while we were singing, I remember being just completely overcome with emotion. I was crying, but it wasn't a crying of like sadness. It was like this overwhelming sense of peace. And I remember starting to feel kind of faint and literally my vision went white. And I know some people are going to hear this and they're going to be like, okay, I'm done with you. But I just, I'm trying to share the first time that I really feel like I had this moment. And I, you know, kind of, again, kind of like almost this blacking out, but more whiting out. And it just happened for a brief second. And then I remember sitting and knowing for the first time that God was real. I can't explain why or how I knew it. I just did. And I wish that I could say that since then I've been this model Christian, but I'm a human. I'm imperfect. And there have been stretches of my life that even though I believed in God, I was angry at him. Or in some ways, in even worse ways, I didn't even think about him or talk to him for certain stretches. But since moving back from Georgia years ago and deciding to start my current business, I've tried really hard to keep my eyes steadily on God. And a few weeks ago on Instagram, I asked my community, what they wanted to hear from me for this episode. Do you want personal? Do you want business? And one girl suggested that I talk about my faith. And overwhelmingly, everyone agreed and specifically asked me to talk about how I incorporate God in my business structure and encourage others to do the same. Look, (laughs) I was a little nervous to do this because, you know, you have those thoughts like I'm not qualified to or who am I to speak on this? But at the same time, some of the most impactful moments in my life have been when other people have shared their testimony with me, who have shared these everyday people who have shared about God. And if you look at the Bible, it was a lot of everyday people that God used, and I'm not going to compare myself to them. But if you guys want to hear it, who am I to not share about it? So much like my imperfect path up to this point, this podcast episode will also be imperfect because, again... I'm human, but I feel like the best place to start answering this question 
was with the kind of first act of faith I took in regards to my business, kind of starting at the beginning with another quick story. If you listen to episode one of this podcast, you'll know that my path to coaching, you know, was long and drawn out and I explained it all there. But the SparkNotes version is that when we sold our franchise division of the company we were running in Georgia to move back here closer to family in Wisconsin, we took corporate positions with that business as a transition just to get kind of on our feet before we started our next ones. I was miserable at this time. I have never been more anxious. I have never been more mentally unwell in my life. And on top of that, the company that we were working for did not keep their promises in terms of pay. So I was being completely overworked, anxious, and just miserable. And I was being underpaid. And we knew that these positions weren't going to be permanent from the get-go. You know, we just needed something to bridge us to our new businesses in Wisconsin. But one day, I remember I was so desperate at the gym. I was so tired and worn down. I was biking while I was listening to some music. And I was praying to God. And I basically was just begging him. I'm like, give me a sign. Give me a sign that if I follow my gut right now and I start a business, even though I have no financial runway and I don't even have a clear plan, please, God, just give me a sign that it will be okay. Please let me know that this is the right move. And that is when a song called Walk on the Water, which I like maybe had heard before, but not really often, but the song was Walk on the Water by Brit Nicole. And it started to play. And the exact words at that moment that were playing in the song right after I finished this prayer was, what are you waiting for? What do you have to lose? Your insecurities try to alter you, but you know you're made for more, so don't be afraid to move. Your faith is all it takes, and you can walk on the water too. If I was a good singer, I'd try to sing that for you, but that's just not going to happen. I'm not even going to pretend like the Lord gave me the gift of musical ability. So, All that said, though, in that moment, I knew God was giving me the go-ahead to start my business. I just, again, I had that sense of knowing that you can't really explain. And I wish that I could say that I took that act of faith immediately and, like, called my boss and was like, I'm done. But honestly, it was another month before I decided to quit my job to pursue my current business. And even then, I struggled at the start. Like, my businesses up to that point were largely grown via grassroots, word-of-mouth efforts. Never had I grown an online business, and things were really slow at the beginning. I started taking every action imaginable to get my name out there. I was literally grasping with almost no strategy. Like, mentally, I was full of self-doubt. I had no idea what I was doing. Again, I was just trying everything, which if anyone's listening to this going, oh, yeah, that's familiar, Well, no, you're not alone. Like sometimes we just get so desperate. We start doing everything. But I thought to myself, what is going on? Like I thought this is what God wanted for me. Nothing was working. And mind you, like I said, I had no financial runway to like get me through a stretch of not having clients. But meanwhile, Matt was starting his new business and he quit just within a week of me. And, you know, we're engaged and again, no financial runway, but his business was one that we had grown many times before in different markets. So we knew what we were doing. We knew it was less of a risk. So I helped get that rolling at the same time before focusing back on my own six months later. And at the time, even though I was struggling desperately to get things going, if I look back now, I see that God provided so many opportunities outside of what I was hoping for originally that allowed me to make money while I grew my coaching business. I wrote copy for a friend's business. I made money through photography. I had some sales on Etsy. Like All of these things are things that kind of came together in this culmination to help my clients better eventually anyway. But at that time, it was really hard to see that. 
And I kept striving, I kept striving until I finally got really desperate again. You'll notice a pattern here. And I turned back to God and said like, this isn't working. What do you want from me? And in a much more respectful way, like the thought this is what you wanted from me. It's not working. What am I supposed to be doing? Like, get, show me the way here, man. Cause like, I don't, I don't know what to do. And I started to spend less time taking just random action and more time praying and trying to listen and follow whatever these, you know, I call it my God gut, like whatever my God gut was saying, hey, do this. I was trying to follow that more. And that, after a couple years of struggling, that is when my business started to turn around. And this thing that I thought he wanted me to do was really something he wanted to help me do. And I I realized I couldn't do it without him. I didn't want to do it without him anymore. Like it was just, it was miserable. And while I am not perfect at remembering this, trust me, I have set up some business practices or some practices rather over the years that have helped me keep God at the center of my business, or at least (laughs) as a valuable, trusted business partner. So how do I keep God at the center of my business? Well, one of the most powerful things I do is pray. And while that might seem really oversimplified, the Bible tells us that if we ask for wisdom, he will give it to us. And it also says that it's wise to receive counsel. So I'm not always great about praying about every decision. Like, God, how do you want me to spend my time? Or do you want me to pursue this instead of this? But I do pray in one very specific situation every single time. I have made this a habit, but when I say habit, I want to be careful to be clear that I'm not saying that I make it a habit of I'm just going to do it. I'm going to get it over with. It's really something I'm very intentional about. And that is right before my consult calls with potential clients, I, in a very, very honest, heartfelt way, Pray that if I'm meant to work with this person, God, give me the words to help them see that. If I'm not, if they're better served by someone else, please help me see who or direct them in a way that helps them find that person. Please close the door on working with me if I am not the best person for them or if it is not your will for us to work together. And I say this in a way that I really mean it. I only want the clients that God wants for me because I want that person to be served best. And I also know that in my own business, I will be happier and healthier and have better boundaries if God is placing the right people in my business. And I do attribute my success in that way to that. All of the clients I work with are people I genuinely care about and really come to love and like want to work with. Sometimes when I'm doing these consult calls, I can feel that it's not right. And it would be easier to just ignore that and just make the money. And there have been times in the past where like, I can think of a couple clients that I did that with. I just knew it wasn't right and it worked out. It was fine. I was still helpful for them. But like, there wasn't the same peace with those clients as there were with other clients. And so I have to trust when I get that feeling again in my God gut that God wants me to release them for a reason. But involving him in this by praying helps me keep my heart open to hear him. And it also helps me focus on going into these conversations with that person's best interest at heart rather than my own. So that's one way. There's another way, and this is more of a recent thing, but last December, when I was on my social media detox, I read a book that was talking a lot about spiritual gifts. And I ended up taking an assessment that they recommended in this book and found that my greatest strength is exhortation. And if you're like me and you have no clue what that is, I found out it was my strength and I'm like, oh, I got to Google that. 
Basically, it's the act of encouraging or advising someone to help them reach their potential, like the potential you see in them. And it's not super shocking considering that my fulfillment is as a coach. But what was more interesting was seeing areas that I thought I'd rate higher in for being like, okay, but not necessarily my strengths by any stretch of the imagination. For example, for a while, I really considered hosting retreats or like a mastermind in person, but I didn't really know, was I really into this? Is this something I want to add to my plate? And as I looked at this, I reflected and saw hospitality is not one of my top gifts. And so knowing this, I can kind of stop trying to do everything I can release some of these ideas I'm having and focus on what God designed me to do best. And if there's something I want to achieve in my business and it's not within my strength wheelhouse, I can find friends who are really strong in those gifts. And on the other hand, you know, I found that there were gifts that I didn't necessarily think about as gifts that weren't as obvious to me, like mercy and being really compassionate is one of those, which now I can see is something that I can do well for my clients. And again, now that I see it, it's like everywhere. Like, oh, I realize this. And then I see all this feedback where people mention things like that and how I make them feel so comfortable. But this is something that comes through in this client relationship that I didn't really see before. And now I'm able to double down on. But long story short, we're designed to work together for his kingdom with different personalities and perspectives. And so the same can be true in business. So leaning into the gifts that God gives us and then depending on him or the people he puts in our lives to fill in the gaps has been just so freeing. You know, we don't have to be good at everything. We all have our own strengths that God gave us. So let's just double down on those. Let's focus on those. And that's been such a blessing for me and my business too, to really kind of keep my eye on the prize and not get distracted by what everyone likes to call shiny object syndrome now, all these fun ideas that we come up with. Another way I like to incorporate God in my business is by listening to Jesus jams. That's what I call them, but it's basically just Christian worship music. And often when I'm working, I do it in silence because I'm just, I like being in the quiet. But if I do listen to music, it is almost always Christian music. And I think kind of it comes back to like we are what we consume and being filled with good uplifting reminders just seeps into the rest of what I do or say or the way that I act. And the same goes for reading the word. Jess Connolly was a guest pastor at our church last year, and she gave the best analogy during one of her services for this. But she said, when you get a call from your brother, let's say you have multiple brothers, you know, you don't have to ask which one it is. You just know by immediately picking up. You don't even have to have caller ID. Their voice is so distinct that you immediately can tell who they are. But if your friend were to answer the same phone call, they may not even know that it was your brother, right? Let alone which one it is. And the story behind this is that we know what is familiar, we want to hear God. We need to learn his voice. And the way to do that is through reading the word, through reading the Bible. And so that's what I really try to focus on. And I know that saying like, oh yeah, read the Bible can be really intimidating if it's not something that you're familiar with. You may have thoughts like, where do I even start, right? And that's fair. And I'll get to that in a minute. But recently I have been choosing just random books to go through with a friend And we discuss what we get out of it, our biggest takeaways, biggest questions we're still left with. I've also purchased recently a couple guided Bible studies from Daily Grace Co. And that was like in the last month. But those have really helped me dig deep into scripture, like taking just a few verses and diving into those. 
But one thing I think that really, really, really helped me understand the Bible, or at least the context better, was reading through the Bible completely in chronological order twice. Which brings me to the next thing you guys asked about, which is how do I share my faith online in a non-weird way? Back in 2020, I left this kind of open invite on my business Instagram for anyone who wanted to read the Bible um, with me in a year. Like, let's read through the whole thing in a year together. And I provided a reading plan to follow. I created a group on Facebook. I checked in with everybody to see how they were doing. I wasn't qualified to teach anything, so I wouldn't say that I led the group. I just facilitated it. And I did the same thing last year in 2022 with a group on the Bible app itself, the YouVersion Bible app. And admittedly, the accountability actually helped me complete it alongside of others, right? Like knowing other people were reading through this with me and they could see whether or not I was keeping up with the plan helped me actually get it done. But there were people who were reading it through the first time alongside me. We listened to the Bible recap um, to understand better, which is a podcast. If you don't know, highly recommend it. But it laid the foundation for me to understand the big picture story of the Bible so that I could dive into each scripture in more detail after I kind of understood its place in the story, if that makes sense. At the same time, I think it also opened the door for people to see me as someone who loves Jesus in a way that wasn't pushy. I firmly believe that when people feel pushed or coerced into something like being Bible beaten, our nature will tell us to run the other way, which, well, maybe that's just me because I'm stubborn. But this is why even in my core systems at Cell where I teach sales, I teach it in a service-hearted approach, like a service-first approach, not like let's sell people on something. It's like, how do we serve them well? And if selling is that, then great. But that's just always been the way my brain works. But what that means is that when I share about my faith online, I've almost always done it in a passive way. And I'm not saying that's the only or the right way to do it, but that's just the way that has worked for me and felt right to me. And it's been more of an intentional invitation rather than putting people on the spot. Really tactically, that's looked like for me sharing my Jesus Jams playlist on Spotify. I'll just be like, hey, you want Jesus Jams? Listen to this one. Um, making small comments on my website, like things like, oh, let's help you embrace your God-given talents or talking about his plan for my life, you know, things like that, that allow people to know, like, I am a Christian, but I'm not shoving it in your face. I've also shared scripture art on Instagram stories when I come across something that like stands out to me or feels really relevant to struggles people have expressed in my community. And one other way I've done this is I've literally added question stickers to my stories asking, what can I pray for you about? How can I pray for you right now? And people will leave like, you know, specific ways or maybe vague ways. And I can create a conversation with them. Hey, thinking of you, praying for you, checking in. I hope everything's okay. I hope this is getting better, depending on what they share with me. But long story short, like when I ask that, it opens the door for people to share. And when I do encounter someone who isn't currently a Christian, or maybe they've been burned by religion. I don't judge them. I don't preach to them. I just tell them I'm going to be praying for them as they navigate whatever they're experiencing. Like I trust that God will work in their heart. I can't change their heart, but God can. And there's a quote that I have loved for years that says something along the lines of like, live your life in such a way that those who know you, but don't know God will come to know God because they know you. And I, again, I have just like loved that for the longest time. But 
Like biblically, we are called to be a light. Matthew 5.16 says, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. And so when I share about God, I try to do it in this non-weird Bible beating way by trying, again, keyword trying. I'm not perfect. I am human. I'm going to say that a hundred times but trying to be more like Jesus, trying to embody the fruits of the spirit, being loving and joyful, peaceful, patient, kind, good, faithful, gentle, and exhibiting self-control. And by being kind and open about my faith in a way that consistently invites people in without pushing them or making them feel pressured, I've seen God make such powerful moves in the lives of others. I've seen people who have been very hurt by religion, people who want a relationship with God, but have been so hurt by Christians in the past that they question, like, if this is how God's people behave, why would I want to follow God? And that's a fair thing, right? If your only exposure to God is through his people and his people are not treating you well, then I get it. But that's why I think it's so important to be a light. But for those people who, you know, felt comfortable sharing that with me, they did because I cared about them before they were a Christian. You know, those people felt comfortable asking me for resources to get started with God again. They weren't ready for the Bible, so I'd share some of my favorite Christian books with them. And I've had relationships with some fellow business friends over the years who very much believed in things like manifestation and like new age type stuff over Christianity, and I just patiently loved on them. I prayed for them in the background, and God met them where they were and brought them back to him. And because I laid the foundation of kindness and sharing about my faith through scripture and Bible readings and little posts here and hit there, I like truly feel that they that's why they were comfortable enough reaching out when they were struggling with scripture. And maybe something wasn't sitting right. And, and while I always preface that I don't have all the answers, like I can often connect them with things that will give them resources and help with scripture that explain things better than I ever could. But I can't do that. I can't be this vessel for God if I'm not making people feel comfortable enough to approach it in the first place. And so I think the beautiful part about all of this is that not only did all of this result in other people either growing closer to God or coming back to God, it also helped me. Their questions, their intrigue, their curiosity that inspired me to dig deeper, to be an active participant in God's word and to not just take for granted the stories I've been learning since I was a child, but to really like think about those stories more, to question them more. That curiosity pushes me and makes me want to grow even more with Christ. And so it's been this like beautiful way that God is not only helping others, but he's also helping me through those people. And I just want to say that like on a last note, Christianity... (laughs) has always been accompanied by struggle and persecution. This is not new. I think there was a window here in the US where it was more like streamlined popular culture. Um, and so it wasn't very, like it wasn't hard to be a Christian. But I think in our current society, it can sometimes be tough to be bold enough to admit that you love Jesus. And I know that sounds kind of weird. Um, it's kind of one of those things like if you get it, you get it. But I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. It's really important though to remember And to remind myself of this also, we can't find our people who truly love us and understand us if we're not being honest about who we are and whose we are. And at the end of the day, we are all only here for such a short while in the grand scheme of things. There's a Casting Crown song that honestly sums up my heart best on this. And I'm just going to read you the lyrics again because apparently, you know, I just live by my Jesus jams. 
But I just, I'm going to link these songs because they're so much better when they've got the rhythm behind them. But the, the words are, make it count, leave a mark, build a name for yourself. Dream your dreams, chase your heart above all else. Make a name the world remembers. But all an empty world can sell is empty dreams. I got lost in the light when it was up to me. To make a name the world remembers, but Jesus is the only name to remember. And I, I don't want to leave a legacy. I don't care if they remember me, only Jesus. I don't have all the answers. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a theologian. I am just a girl with a deep love for Jesus who's trying to serve others using the gifts God gave me. And at the end of the day, if no one remembers my name after I'm gone, but I'm able to help people come back to God, come back to Jesus, to accept him in their heart, that's more than I could ever ask for. That's more important to me than anything else I could do for other people. So if you ever want to chat about faith, about God, about the Bible, if you have questions that I can imperfectly answer in a no pressure environment, I would love to hear from you. I don't care if it's via email, via voice message on Instagram, however you want to reach me. I just want you to know that I'm here for you. In the meantime, cheers to leaning on our creator and using the marketplace to build his kingdom and to share his love.